Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the You Can Do It Too podcast by Mamba Inspire. I am Mamadou Balde, I'm your host. The purpose of this podcast is to both showcase black excellence and increase awareness of the multitude of career possibilities out there for up-and-coming black professionals. This podcast will assist in breaking stigmas, barriers, and helping black students believe that they are smart enough to be future doctors, engineers, educators, and entrepreneurs. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in again. I have an amazing guest today. Clinton, he's a software engineer at JP Morgan. Man, this guy is amazing. From going to Penn State, being a student athlete, playing basketball NCAA, but still managing to earn a mechanical engineering degree from Penn State University, one of the best universities around the world. And during, during, his, uh, during his college career, he found a way to do so many internships in ExxonMobil and similar companies. He was hustling basketball and then entering, making sure he has a way to get a job after he graduates. And now he's at JP Morgan starting his career and he's about to shine. This was an amazing story. Please tune in. How is everything going over there right now? I know the COVID-19 cases are surging again. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty um, intense over there. Um, but I mean, I haven't been affected much by it. Um, uh, Delaware is still a red state, so a lot of things are closed down per se. Um, yeah, we we still try to make do what we have. How how are you? How are people feeling over there with Tuesday coming? I know this. <laughs> nobody knows what's gonna happen, man, and it's just crazy out there right now. Yeah, uh, it's. It's very, you know, it's very hard to, to figure out who's going to be president um, with everybody, you know, going on different sides and whatnot. Um, I know in Delaware, I haven't seen too many crazy protests. You know, obviously there's been, um, there's been some, a bunch of Trump rallies, but uh, Delaware is, a, is supposed to be a Biden state since Biden's, uh, Biden is from Delaware. Um, he was raised there, went to school out there. So, it, I mean, Delaware may go for, uh, for, for Biden, but we'll see. Um, but I know, like the whole, this whole entire area is very. Um, it's it's up red. <laughs> Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, so close. You know, we don't know who Pennsylvania is going to go for. Um, last time, last election, they went for Trump. Um, hopefully, this election, you know, we'll, we'll see something better. Bro, 2020 has been one of the, I think, the craziest year that people our age has ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It's just like things after things after things every single month like with everything that happened this summer uh you've been in delaware in the red state like that how how has it been on your mental state just being around people that you feel like you need to be afraid of them but you just <laughs> have to live there yeah um for me you know you're just always being conscious about watching um who you're around um, how long you're around people, you know, keeping that social distancing. Um, it's very important, especially, I mean, I work from home, so I don't really see m many people during the week unless it's like people in my building or whatnot. Um, but I believe that it's for, it's just hard, you know, because we, we need that, you know, uh, we need that in-person interaction with people. And it's kind of hard, um, to get that. Um, so you, you seek it in many ways. So 
Um, you just still have to be safe while doing it. That's a blessing, bro. Talking yeah. about working from home, uh, first of all, congratulations for having a job right now. Uh, <laughs> many people right now are not so blessed. So congratulations on that. And uh, what, to, talking about working, uh, what, what is your job role right now? What do you do for JP Morgan? So currently, I'm a software engineer for JP Morgan. Um, I work a lot uh, with mortgages, um, you know, making sure people have the correct mortgage rates um, at all times. So it's a, it's a fast pace. Um, we have uh, we have many applications for it, um, so we're able to you know make sure the people who are putting in um, loan requests or whatever are getting the uh, the correct uh, APR rates or uh, making sure we're not you know we're not giving them the wrong rates or whatnot and making sure everybody uh, gets what they're supposed to get. Okay, that is great. That is great. Yeah. So I saw your last name is Asaju Asalu. Yeah, uh, so is it a, Are you Nigerian? Yeah, I'm Nigerian. I'm Yoruba. I was born in Nigeria. Um, you, you, okay. Yeah. When did you come to the U.S.? Came to the U.S. in '99. Um, so I've been raised in Jersey the whole time. Oh wow, that is amazing. So, from I guess you were three, right? Three, two. Yeah, I was, uh, I was three. Yeah. So you really don't know anything about Nigeria, but have you have you went back? So crazy thing, no, I have not yet. Um, you know, we were supposed to go back this year, during, uh, but COVID really, you know, messed up all those plans. And Man. even with COVID, too, you know, a lot of things are going on in Nigeria, and especially the whole entire continent of Africa as a whole. Um, you know, a lot of reform is needed. Um, so, but uh, I, I really do, I really do hope sometime next year um, I'll be able to go back, um, catch up with my cousins, you know, my, uh, my uncles and whatnot, you know, just see that side of my family. I have faint memories faint memories of Nigeria, but, uh, you know, nothing that like, that's really concrete in my mind. So I want to, you know, start experiencing that all over again. Definitely. I was having the same plans this summer and COVID hit. Everybody got stuck here in the U.S. So yeah. until we started working, which is now even harder to have that kind of long vacation. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. And uh, with everything that is going on right now, I guess Africa was waiting on the sideline and they got tired. So they started getting in, you know, everything uh, that's the world is going on, going crazy and stuff. But how, how's your family uh, with everything that's going on in Nigeria right now? Are they okay? So my, yeah, my extended family, they are doing well. Um, I do have a lot of family in the government as well. So it's, it's kind of hard, but, you know, they, they share the same sentiments. Um, with everybody that's protesting as well, because, you know, most of my family that is in the government, they're younger um, and they're tired of the same, the same thing. They're tired of seeing all this and they, they want reform. But I believe that it, it takes so it's going to take time. It's going to take a, 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 youth, a, a youth revolution. You know, what we're doing now is just the beginning. Um, but uh, my family in America, you know, we're sharing the same sentiments as well. You know, making sure that, you know, the people that are back home are good, um, you know, whatever they need. Uh, making sure that our, you know, our family's safe, you know, all the um, things that we have going on down there are safe as well. That is a great point of view. I think right now the biggest thing that is really, dis not disabling, but really hurting the world, not yeah. just Africa. I mean, Africa is, is more uh, obvious, but the world is the fact that old men feel like they have to have the last say. They know everything, yeah. right? Yeah. 
and I, I feel like that's not true. They need to step away and let somebody who's willing to sacrifice themselves for the benefit of the whole mm-hmm. to lead. Old men, they're just trying to go to their graves. I don't think they are willing to sacrifice much. It's more about their, their power. They want to have that power and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely do agree on that as well. Um, I believe that, you know, like you said, they all want power. Um, once and the older generation being raised in an African household, you know how that is. You know, if you're older, you're automatically right. You know, you automatically have to submit. Um, but we don't, so we don't view that anymore. This is the 21st century. This is 2020. Um, we have social media. We have all that. And, you know, as much as we, we value, you know, I, I know that uh, there's this, this pro, uh, proverb or whatever, the saying that um, my grandma used to say uh, once in a while is that, your old rags, like your, 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 your rags will never be as old as mine. Um, so like we, we value their experience. We value the older generation's experience and we value the wisdom that you have, but also you have to understand that times change. Um, exactly. you, have to understand that you cannot live in the same mindset and keep doing the same thing to people and, you know, and expect them not to rise up. So we want, we, we all want change. There's no reason why families should be going through the same thing. You know, um, Nigeria is the, the largest economy in Africa. And, yes. for them, and for them to be suffering like this, um, it's, it's horrible. Um, and it shows, it shows nothing but the corruption um, that's in Africa, but it also goes back to the issues of, you know, the, being under British rule as well. Um, yeah. It's, it's a Definitely. whole deeply rooted, yeah, it's extremely deeply rooted. It's not only the immediate Nigerians fault the government, but also because of the way that the government was handed to them. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what is going to, um, what is going to come from all this, but I hope a lot of change does. Definitely. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, bro. We got to be, we got to be, cause it, it has to, it has to change some way, somewhere. It has to change. But going back to your childhood, uh, coming to New Jersey and, and growing up there, what was growing up like uh, in New Jersey? Oh, man. Especially as a black man, as everything. So, um, just a quick background. Yeah, so when I first came to America, I moved to Newark, uh, Newark, New Jersey. And during the, ni- during the late 90s, early 2000s, um, Newark was, I mean, was and kind of still is uh, one of those rugged towns. They call it Brick City. Um, but I, I, was, I was raised there for a few years. Um, and, you know, being a, a young Nigerian kid, came over with an accent, <laughs> and you know, I mean, now I can switch my accent on and off. But what uh, were some of the jokes? <laughs> <laughs> you get African booty scratcher. You get um, oh, the one the one of them that I got in uh, middle school when I moved down to um, to South Jersey. So I moved down to Willenburg, New Jersey. One of them was uh, cheetah beef. Um, they I don't know why they called me cheetah beef. They assumed that I eat cheetah. I don't know. Yeah, the nonsense. Um, but those are the different things that we face. And the craziest part about it, it wasn't even from the white people. It wasn't from, it was from minorities, uh, from African-Americans um, who, you know, were ignorant at the time. Yeah. Were ignorant at the time. And, um, but growing up in Jersey, you, it's, a, it's like a melting pot because North Jersey is more New York type of based. Um, South Jersey is more Philadelphia, um, Philadelphia lingo, all that stuff. So, I, I assimilate more to Philly, um, just being, being, and being raised in South Jersey. So I moved to South Jersey in 2003. Um, so I, my parents still live there, you know, to this day. Um, so, and I went to school at Penn State. So it's, 
Jersey is a is a good place to live at. You know, the property taxes are high, but um, you you experience so many different things when it comes to being around good people. Um, I lived in a neighborhood where it's mostly minorities. Um, you know, you have few you know white people here and there, but it's a it's a it's a melting pot in that area. And the schools that wow. I went to were great as well. Hold on, bro. I th I think you know my cousin uh, who went to Penn State Electrical Engineering. Not my cousin, actually my nephew, my nephew, uh, Abdullah. Abdullah, Abdullah, Abdullah. Abdullah Diallo. I think I do. I think I do. He went to- He's an alpha, uh, I think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He just graduated also in electrical engineering. That's crazy. I just realized it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. So talk, talking about that though, like in New Jersey and uh, as an African, uh, and also hanging out with a lot of African-American people, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, I feel like coming, like coming in, in the U.S. and being around that atmosphere, I feel like it teaches you a lot, right? Yeah. A, different cultures, same people, like we are same people, but we have different culture. But how hard was it to like mix with the African-American community and make friends and and feel like that everything that they are going through, of course, it's not the same thing. We have different culture, different background, but how, how hard was it to connect with them and say, we are in this together? So I would say that it was, it was extremely hard at first. Um, I don't think that I, I completely embraced my, um, my Africanness or my Nigerianness until I, um, until I went to, to college, honestly. Um, but let me let me backtrack a little bit. You know, when you're when you're a, a foreign, first generation immigrant, you know, you come here with an accent. You have you you want to try to assimilate. Um, so you know, changing your dress style or changing your haircut. I didn't get I didn't get my first barbershop haircut until I was in like what sixth grade. Before that, I was wow. I was getting that you know the the typical circle top cut from all the you know African dads. Um, but, <laughs> You know, they'll bald, they'll bald the whole entire uh, side of you, and then after that, just keep the, the, the little circle on top of your head. Um, but, yeah. And little things like that, you know, it made you stand out. Um, but thinking back to it now, the people who, it's crazy, the people who used to crack jokes and everything, those are my best friends now. Um, because at some point, it was like, look, this is me. You know, they, this is who I am. I was, I was a nerd. I'm still a nerd. Um, I love, like, it, it's just being having good grades and all that stuff that all assimilated to my African culture because we can't we come over here like okay your parents tell you don't be like the uh don't be like those gangsta boys all that stuff da, 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 you know but our parents didn't understand a little bit that not every black person is a gangster not 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 every white person is trying out, out to get you um so we always we always we came up with um with the idea of let's outdo these people let's out, because they don't take advantage of the opportunities they have so once I, had to figure, once I figured out like, okay, I have these opportunities. I'm, I know I'm smart. I know I'm a go-getter, but let me, let me bring these people with me. You know, let me, let me show them a different way. And it's, it's good that I was able to do that because my, like, like I said, those people who used to crack jokes on me, once I figured out who I was and what I had to offer to, to myself and to, to other people, that's when it was like, all right, damn, you know, Clinton, Clinton's a real cool person, you know? Yeah. He's not, he, he's not just a, not a Nigerian. He's not somebody that we can just joke around with. He's serious, you know, and being around those people now and even growing up into going into college, 
I saw so many other Africans as well, and so many other Nigerians. Uh, so I met uh, so many other people that allowed me to be myself, con- continue allowing me to be myself. So now I believe that it's, it's not just Africans on their own, especially being in this country. It's not mm-hmm. just Africans on their own. Um, it's everybody. Everybody's in this together because when it, when it boils down to it, when, when, the, when the white people see us, the, the ones that have ill intent, when they see us, they, all they see is black. They're not going to ask me, oh, are you Nigerian? Or are you, you, know, are you from America? You know, they're not going to ask me that. They're going to ask, they're going to just look at you, oh, he's a black guy, black guy with a hoodie, or he's a black guy, you know, on a plane, you know, and they, it's, it's just funny. It's just funny how that, that's what it is. It all boils down to the color of our skin. You know, seeing how everybody is, seeing their, fam- their family dynamic, it, it looks completely different than ours, right? Um, yeah. So, like, having, having friends that are, um, that are African-American, having friends that, you know, that are black, you know, it, and even when you're, when, when you're trying to assimilate into um, the American culture as an um, African, you know, you come in and you're like, okay, what do I do? And you start playing sports. Sports is, like, the, the easiest way for us to relate because whether it's soccer, whether it's basketball, football, um, we all, we're all playing. It's a team sport. And that's how, that's how we all get, you know, get those people uh, together and we understand you know, you had that experience, that unfortunate experience that, you know, people, even if it's a game, you know, they want to, they, they, they still want to discriminate, even if, even though it's a game. And that's yeah. where you guys all found out that, you know, you're all together, that we're all, we're all black together. It's not just, oh, he's, he's uh, African or whatever. Um, so, no, that's very good. Definitely. How hard was it for you uh, to, to stay focused and really, because I'm sure the, 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 mo- mo- the African parents were on you all the time, making sure that you you get the right grades. But how hard was you? How hard was for you to just stay focused and grind Man, and make sure you go to that college? I will be. I will be honest. My parents. Um, well, specifically my father. He didn't want me to be a college athlete at first. Um, so uh, I played basketball since fifth or sixth grade, um, and when it got to high school. That's when, you know, obviously basketball kicks up a lot, you know, um, trying to get recruited, all that, you know, so you have all these tournaments, have all these games and become my, my father's a pastor as well. Um, and originally this is this is my old my old like my my old father, you know, now my father has changed a lot, really. So um, but back then it was like, OK, well, we have tournaments on Sundays that I right, like, no, you're not playing. Um, well, I got a game. I have, I have a game in practice on Tuesdays when we have Bible study. Well, you're not playing. Well, Eventually, we had, we had this conversation, you know, because he was like, what, what are you going to do with this? Are you going to go to college with this? I'm like, well, I could possibility. So, and I tell this story to a lot of my friends, too. Like, I had to write, um, uh, like, an essay to my father um, on college players who actually did, um, quote, unquote, good majors to African parents. You know how, like, we, we, they want uh, lawyers, doctors, uh, engineers or, you know, business people. So I wrote a paper on Myron Roll, Dr. Myron Roll. So he played, um, he played college football at Florida State University. Um, he won the uh, Rhodes Scholarship. He w- went off to Oxford University. Played, wow. and played um, yeah, played safety for the NFL um, for two years for the Tennessee Titans. And then uh, now he actually is um, a resident um, at Boston, um, yeah, Mass, uh, yeah, Mass U, uh, Hospital, Boston Hospital. Um, I saw that, uni- I saw that story, bro. Yes. So 
I wrote, I, this was in 2013. I wrote my dad a paper about him. Um, and this was a while ago. And I, I told my dad, look, if he can do it, this is division one, a division one player who travels almost every day for a game, a game practice or whatever. And he's able to get the road scholarship, go off to med school, be an amazing person now. Why can't I do it? You know, I'm not, I didn't say I want to be a doctor or any, anything, but eventually I got recruited to play at Penn State Harrisburg, um, played basketball with them um, and did well, you know, and I, I graduated with a mechanical engineering degree and it was hard. It was definitely hard because there's nights where you have to stay up longer than normal. You know, you practice one night and ends to like 12 a.m. Was up 3 a.m. still, you know, because you got exams, you got whatever you got to do. But I believe that if you want something so bad, you're going to get it. You know, you have wow. to put it in the work and you're going to get it. Um, so that's, that's how I live by. Bro, that is powerful, bro. And wow, as a college, NCAA college uh, basketball player plus a mechanical engineering degree, that, that is not something that you see a lot of people yeah. doing. And uh, basketball season is even longer than football. What was the days like when you felt like, man, should I, when all these mentors are telling you, uh, maybe you should do this and that so you can play more game or maybe that, like what was those times? How, how hard was it for you to say, no, this is what I want to do. I'll keep this up. There was, so we, we would have 6 a.m. practice, uh, practices, 6 a.m. workouts. We would have two a days. We would have you know, trips to different schools and all that. And there was, there was days where it was like, look, I don't even want to do this anymore. But um, there's, there's people that, you know, that they are always in, in my corner. That's, you know, going to college, you have to make sure you have the right people around you. Um, people are going to keep you going, push you, because you, if you say you're going to do something, I can only hold you to the standard that you said. Um, and people are going to hold you accountable to that. And that's what reminds me every day. You know, my, my mother is a praying mother. Um, and my mother was always there letting me know, like, look, you can do this. You can get through it. And you, can, you can keep going every single time. Um, that, I think that's where I get my positivity from all the time. Um, see, she has that motivating spirit um, that's able to, you know, continue to, to fight for you, you know. And it's, it gets hard. It gets hard when, you know, when you're in class, you got an exam and you're, or you got a, a, a class, a three-hour class, and you're trying to stay awake because, you know, if you fall asleep, you miss something important, especially in engineering. Um, but I was, I was motivated my mother every single day. Bro, that is amazing, bro. And I feel like the biggest issue is believing that yeah. it is possible. How do we get our younger brothers to really believe that they can play sports and be amazing, but they can also be anything else they want? Yes. Um, I, think, I think for us, they, you need to, especially if you've done it, use your life as a testament. But also be very, be very open and transparent with them. Like, look, it's not easy. You know, we, um, we, we build this facade that, oh, well, I did it, so you can. But what did you go through to, to do it? You know, wow. what did you really go through? Because you can tell me that, that you've done it, but you didn't tell me that, okay, it's going to be easy. You didn't tell me that, it, like, I'm going to have these, these struggles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have nights that I don't even want to do anything, that nights that my body's aching, you know, from all, from, all this, uh, from all this workouts and everything like that, but you still have to study. Wow. So it's, it's being transparent with them, but also giving them that motivation. Like, look, you know, we don't, as, um, as Africans, I believe that we're not really emotional. Be we're not as emotional as we should be. And it's relating with them. Um, with our younger brothers or younger sisters and like letting them and be even being vulnerable. Like, 
you can do this. You know, I've had my hard times. I've had my struggles, but I continue to, uh, I continue to persevere through it all. Definitely, 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 man. This is amazing. Going back to what you said uh, about our parents getting us to do these measures, getting us to be doctors, lawyers, engineers, and stuff like that. So society have like sometimes push young people like us to believe, to, to, to imagine the kind of career we want to have in, in this world instead of the kind of legacy we want to leave, like who we want to be remembered as. Like, have you thought about your legacy, the kind of legacy that you want to have in this world, and how has that guided you, like, to 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 the journey that you're on right now? I've thought about my legacy. Um, one of my favorite words is indelible, um, leaving a mark that cannot uh, be removed. And I I look at how you know my grandma lived. She lived a life, a real simple life, um, and she was able to to leave a legacy on me that I remember everything she's taught me, everything wow. she said. And that's what I want my legacy to be like. I may not end up the richest man in the world. I may not, um, I, I may not uh, do everything that, uh, that, you know, the world wants me to do. But I know that if you set a goal for yourself and I want people to know that I will succeed in everything that I've tried, you know, everything that I really want to do, I want to succeed at that. Um, and I want to give my 100% that they, when, if I die right now, that Clinton gave everything he had to make something happen, that Clinton was reliable, he was responsible, Clinton was making sure that, you know, he would con be consistent in whatever he wants. That's what I want the world to know. Wow. You know I, may, I may not be famous, but I want, I want the people who I know and care about me the most to have nothing bad to say about me, you know, if I, if I leave. Wow, bro. That is amazing. That is amazing. And talking about your, uh, talking talk about the legacy, and I, I didn't know that you you were playing you play basketball in CAA, yeah. but now your resume is even is even <laughs> higher because I was looking at your LinkedIn, bro, and I saw that you did all type of internships and call from ExxonMobil during your college years. You were hustling internships with ExxonMobil Corps with a. Uh, with all type of companies, amazing companies, like how hard was it to get those? Like, what was the biggest thing you feel like was that key to getting those opportunities? Um, for me, I think it was more also the people you know and the connections and the network that you make. Um, I believe that, you know, your resume can be great. You know, you could be a 4.0 student, but if you don't have any other um, extracurriculars on your resume, or you don't network with people, then you're not able to talk to, uh, talk about those life experiences. So whenever you interview, because whenever you go to these career fairs and whatnot, you'll most likely you'll get an interview. You know, as long as you're able to be personable, network, and talk, well, at least talk with them, keep a conversation with the recruiter. You'll probably end up getting an interview. Now, when you get to that interview phase and they have all these behavioral questions or everything like that, that that is where. You, you, you have to stay, um, to be able to sh uh, stand out because even like um, even talking about being on a basketball team, relating some of these questions like, hey, tell me a time where you have to do a team project, you know, and, you know, and something didn't go right. You know, before I got before I got my first inter um, internship at ExxonMobil, I didn't have any other like experience. But OK, the first thing I, I thought was, OK, I'm on a basketball team. Right. All right, give me, let, me, let me use one of those uh, one of scenarios of, of a basketball play or something like that. Things weren't going our way, and we had to come back together 
Um, and then, you know, teamwork, all that stuff, leadership, you know, bring all those things together in star format, whatever format you're using for that interview, and then talk about it. You have to use the experiences that you have um, already um, to be able to show, show yourself out. So you can't pigeonhole yourself into, oh, well, I've never been on a team, you know, so I don't think I have an answer to that. You have to be able to think outside the box, think quick, but also think um, efficiently as well. Um, these internships, it's, they're, they're very important to your college career. Um, I believe that, you know, as a student, all student athletes should not only be a, like, just be an athlete and be a student. You have to get out of there. You have to get, all, you know, I took time off and most people don't know this. I took two and a half years off of playing basketball in college to go do these co-ops, go do these internships. So after playing my freshman year, I took time off, um, let my coach know. He wasn't happy at first, but come to my senior year, which was last year, you know, he called me back up and was like, hey, Clinton, you know, you said you were, these are the things you said before you left the team your freshman year, and you've done everything. And now, you know, would you like to come back? And, that's, and that's, that's the biggest thing that, you know, I was so happy about. Because, like I said about my legacy, I, wanted, I want people to know that whatever I say I'm going to do is what I'm going to do. Eventually, that's powerful. Yeah. And eventually, you know, I had that conversation with them, and we, we, we were able to, to come back. And, you know, Penn State Harrisburg is an amazing school. And Coach, uh, coach Donald Friday, you know, shout out to him. He's an amazing coach as well. We were able to win um, the NCAA. We were able to uh, get into the NCAA March Madness second round last year before COVID um, happened. And we were able to uh, win a conference championship for the first time in a long time from the school. So, you know, that's very important to leave that legacy but also be able to network with people, be able to say you're going to do what you're going to do. Bro, that is powerful right there. And you just touched the biggest core value of mine. Like when you say something, follow through, yep. do it. Because that's all you have in this world. Like when you don't have anything else, whatever you say, your world is the only thing that you can keep, right? That's the only thing you can. And if you lose that, you are nobody. Right, it's like you are useless. No, that's that really hit me to my gut. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I made the black queen's grace continually mesmerize the millions who couldn't see it when looking into her eyes. And the black man's plight no longer be the disguise. Oppression, emasculation, they want to castracize it. I just want to be me. I just want to be free. I just want liberty, equity, and democracy. I just want to believe in the good of society. I just want to believe that they ain't been lying to me. I want equality. Want no more poverty. I want people to tell you it's more black people in jail for committing crimes. The blacks and whites are committing equally. I want the corporate interest to crumble before on my feet. I want them to stop selling your rights to powers that be. I want a third term for Obama we'll never see. No Democrat, no Republican, me, I want unity. I want the righteous voice speaking to my community. Don't listen to what they say and look at what they say to see. I want you to know the truth, but for that you will have to see. All people are beautiful, but you best know my